0: Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. It's so good to have you here. This show is about helping you, supporting you to grow your photography or creative business. And one of the core ways in which we can grow our business is through search engine optimization. And I want to talk about that because Google has been putting out a lot of statements or a lot of information is being reported on about what Google says is a ranking factor and is not. And honestly, if you take what is being stated at face value, it could really hurt you because there's another side to the story. So I want to get into that. But first, I want to talk about what I'm doing right now at roshsillers.com that I think you might be able to benefit from, too. So I have about 1,500 articles, including podcasts, on roshsillers.com over the years. And I've gone through different phases where I'm just podcasting a lot, and I went through a year where I was just writing every single day, and I mean, it's amazing information when I go back to 2008, the things that have not changed, and the predictions that I shared, and it's just amazing what has happened over these last 11-12 years as I've been sharing this information with you. And what I'm doing is I'm going through and I'm pausing, making private many of the posts that really are not relevant anymore. Many of the old podcast posts well actually there's been so many updates that there is no podcast there so it's not really relevant and if my own website is recommending similar content maybe a podcast that I you know produced five six years ago related to a topic such as SEO that leads people to nothing that's a poor experience and that overall hurts the health of the website. And if I wanna get more traffic, and there have been a lot of people talking about how they're getting more traffic because they are actually trying to improve the health of the website, pausing or updating old content. And I'll talk about a few things we should make note of here. But right now I'm getting rid of all of the content that really is just not gonna have any value to us today. There are times where I would share posts with links just sharing, here's some recommendations in 2010 of the hottest new photography-related products and services. That's not going to help us so much nine years later. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff, and there there is information that's kind of out of date, but I think is kind of historical and helpful, such as a review of Google Wave, You ask, what is Google Wave? Well, go to Google Docs and write something with somebody. As you're writing, somebody else can write at the same time on the same document. Well, that's the foundation. That's where that technology came from, Google Wave. It was kind of a real-time social media platform that was slow, clunky, but produced some awesome technology, which was ultimately applied to Google Docs. So there's a lot of great information such as, you know, Flickr is not your portfolio. I talk about that post 10 years later. So I'm going to keep that post in case somebody wants to look it up. And there are other posts that I think are relevant and helpful and that maybe could be rediscovered if there wasn't 1,500 posts there. Maybe there's a few hundred. So I probably have three, 400 posts. I have about maybe 50 posts that really drive most of the blog, and you probably do too, have a small percentage of your blog posts, and maybe you only have 20 blog posts, but it's only one or two that's driving most of the traffic. That is perfectly normal. That happens on most websites. Now, obviously, more of those traffic-driving blog posts that you can get, the better. It does make a difference. However, if people are having trouble navigating through all the stuff or you're not updating good quality topics with more quality information today, you're much better off having fewer posts with a lot of really good quality information that you're ranking for at a high level. As I've mentioned many times before, the, po- the days of 300, 500 word posts that really gain traction, especially in an area where there's a lot of competition, those days are over. Now, I want to get into a topic that kind of leads into that, because Google says that the number of words on a page is not a ranking factor, and they're right. However, Before I get into that, I want to thank Heather Broomhall, who took the time to leave a very nice review on iTunes. And I want to read that review, but I also want to let you know that I'm going to put a link to the URL that you put in the review. Now, if you would like me to change that to your... Your main domain, that's fine. The, the link that is in the review actually forwards to her main website where she has some beautiful work, uh, wedding and family photographs. So if you are interested in checking out, well, let's give her a little bit of traffic and uh, just go over to RocheSillers.com in this podcast, which is 458. And uh, check out her work and leave her a message and let her know that she's doing a great job. And, of course, you know, you know that link because I am so appreciative of the review. It, again, has been a while. I, I really did need a new review at any level. Even if it was one star, I'd still be ecstatic because it's been a while. And uh, people leave at ratings, but they haven't been leaving the actual reviews. So that link. But, you know, let's think about this. As we're talking about SEO today, search engine optimization, a link, from a website a blog that's been around over 10 years has some authority and is about photography linking to her website hmm I wonder if that has any value so quickly here is that review she left I've listened to so many other podcasts and he is by far the best I've listened to on photography and the business side I listen at two times speed and it still sounds great keep up the great work you know Honestly, listening to podcasts at two times speed. Actually, a lot of a lot of podca- I guess I I speak slow enough for two times speed, but quite often one point five is pretty good or one point two five is really good to increase the speed of the podcast and you can listen to more shows. What a great way to go about that. I do that with YouTube also so I can watch more videos and you you still actually sometimes you absorb the information a lot better when it's going faster, believe it or not. And I believe I read that somewhere. Don't don't make consider that a scientific fact. But I believe that is the case. And so I, I do appreciate it. I should get back into the topic. But thank you, Heather, so much for listening to the call to action and taking the time. Because I know it does take time. And that's why I like to reward people who offer up their time to leave a review so if you want to leave a review if anyone wants to leave a review please do so and it is helpful to the podcast and not just my podcast any podcast that you find value with it is the way in which you can reward the podcaster who in most cases is not making very much money if any money at all doing this they do this because they love to share information for your benefit. All right, so back to our topic. And what I was talking about is Google sharing information that's, for example, that the number of words on a page is not a ranking factor. However, it does contribute to better ranking. But that's the part they leave out. There's a lot of things like that that are out there that we, we we hear that, hey, you need to write more, and then Google comes out and says, well, it's not a ranking factor, but but indirectly it is, because Google does look at what people are doing on a page. You know that little I'm not a robot checkbox? You know those times when you are scrolling through the page and picking photographs that The uh, capture is saying you need to select maybe signs on a freeway or signs on a building. And you're going through and checking those boxes so you can submit a form. Well, that's helping the AIs understand how people move around a web page, how people move around a web page, which helps them understand many different factors in terms of what people are doing on a page what's natural and a longer post may not be a ranking factor but if people are spending more time are more engaged or actually share a post more often because it is longer well these are some of the factors that google probably considers google has also communicated that traffic is not a ranking factor But once again, with the same argument, you need the traffic for Google to recognize the signals that tells it that this is a good quality page. So if you post an article on your page and there's no traffic to help Google understand because you have Google Analytics and maybe you're using Chrome or other people are using Chrome, if there's no information that can help Google judge the quality of that page, then yeah, you know, yes, maybe there is no line of code that says traffic is a ranking factor and that a page with a thousand visits a day will always beat out a page with a hundred visits a day. Well, there's probably no code in there in the algorithm that suggests that's a factor. Very possibly. However, a page with a thousand visits a day. Maybe showing better signals than that page with 100. And there are many factors. You just need to have the traffic. So sending your new page to the social media to get some traffic or drive traffic there from Facebook ads and Google ads to get that traffic is not a bad thing. But the key here is you want it to be the right traffic. So I will use display ads to drive traffic. It's an inexpensive way to drive traffic to a website to help. And I'll use traffic that is quality traffic related to, very specifically, and even in the area, especially if it's a local website, I will set the traffic from the local area where that website is is supporting the company that it's supporting so if it's in a town in georgia well then the website traffic should be coming from that town in georgia related to the topic or the products or services that that website is promoting and hopefully those ads will bring people who are interested in that topic and they'll move around and they'll click on buttons and hopefully it will show Google that people who are interested in this topic find value with that page. So in other words, I don't want to send people who are interested in cars to the cat sitting page. You need to make sure there's relevance. Ah, relevance is still an important word when dealing with search engine optimization. So with all that said, in theory, a good website That keeps people engaged with photographs that people are clicking on and looking at can certainly play a good role in keeping people on the website. That's why some websites with a lot of photographs can still rank. Now, in some cases, that's because there's a lot of good quality links pointing to it. However, you still need to make sure you're focused on what that page is about. Each page should be a separate portfolio or topic. For example, you don't want your food and your interior page together. Now, you may have a restaurants page. You may have a specialized exteriors page, specialized interiors page, certain types of food. You can certainly break things out just fine like that. But keep each portfolio and topic focused with the name in the title tag. What is it that that page is about? And don't worry about your name or your company name. These are things that Google already knows, especially if you have a page or have that information maybe in the footer or somewhere else on that page. Google knows who you are for the most part, especially if there are citations around the web, places where your name and address and what you do are listed in a directory or the Chamber of Commerce page, or a social media website. These citations can be helpful to help Google, and that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to support Google with more information, third-party confirmation around the web. So you have to think like Google. Are there things that people can game? Absolutely. There are opportunities for people who have websites to game the system if you understand the basics and kind of exaggerate some of those ideas. But if for the most part you're offering, and I I recommend you don't try to game the system, there's a lot of gray hat SEO going on out there, and that's fine, I think, for those who are professionals. But if you're not, if it's just your website, just offer the best information you possibly can Try to offer a really great, easy experience, making sure your website loads quickly. Make sure that you have an interesting site that people want to engage with. And then work your way around the web. Be a part of the community. Be active. I often say activity is a huge part of good SEO. Being active on your website and off the website in ways in which Google will know that it's you. That it's you participating in some way, a part of a specific community. And if you're a food photographer and you're involved in the food community, that's going to help you, especially if people start linking to your website or start mentioning your work. There's so many ways to go about it, but think about that. Just sit back and think, if you were Google, what would you be looking for? And then based off that, start building out your profile to make it easy for Google to understand who you are. Now, this includes your local My Business. For many photographers, the My Business page is very helpful because that three-pack is often shown above the organic results. So, If you can find yourself in that three-pack under specific topics and you can be really focused, get in there, go to Google forward slash business and fill out all the information you possibly can. If you have a video that you can put in there, you can upload that video. You can't put in a link from YouTube. You have to upload that video. Upload your photos. Has to be all unique information. Fill out everything you can and take advantage of what Google is sharing. And if you have a good quality website, make sure it's linked your your my business is linked to your website and you'll you'll see that you'll start to get some views you'll start to get noticed so even if your website has many different types of portfolios my recommendation is to focus on one key type of work maybe two it depends i would test it see how you rank if you seems to seem to dominate and end up in the 3 pack for one area, maybe for weddings. Maybe you can end up in the three-pack for baby photography or something else that's related or engagements. See if you can't figure that out, but start with one and then build out. And when you start losing traction because maybe you have too many topics, then start to pull back and just stick with where you were. Now, this is going to take experimentation it is different in every town every industry so make sure that you are taking advantage of that's the number one message is take advantage of what google offers you one thing that google mentioned that i do think we should listen to is them saying that the date on your posts do play a role in understanding quality and freshness and google does like fresh content And as I mentioned before, as I'm narrowing down my posts, I really only have right now I have eight cornerstone pieces. I hope to have 20 cornerstone pieces, kind of like my pricing for photography. It's one that ranks very well and it's a go to article. But ultimately, I'll have 200 supporting articles or 300 on the blog. And I'll add more if I think there's something relevant that needs to be shared. And of course, my newest podcasts are there, too. One of the things I'm doing is using a plugin in WordPress that updates the timestamp of the updated article. It'll actually say last updated. Now that's true with the original post. So if something was posted on Jan- in January, say January 12th, 2008, it's gonna say last updated January 12th, 2008. But if I can narrow these down and I can start updating these other articles, make them more relevant, it'll show that these are all updated articles, which Google is saying has value in determining quality and freshness. So if you have 20, 30 articles that maybe you wrote a couple years ago, maybe you could go through and update them. Maybe make them a little bit longer, more engaging, add a little more information. Maybe you can pick 10 or 20 cornerstone pieces of work that you've done that maybe had a little bit of ranking, maybe had some shares, and they just need to be updated. And by doing that, you can share it as new content. And that's what I'm doing with my pricing articles. Right now, how much do you charge in 2019? In probably October, it will start to say, what charge, how much should photographers charge in 2020? And I'm going to update the entire article. Some elements will be the same because that information is still relevant. But there's parts of that article that do need to be updated one year later. And that's the way I'm doing it from this point forward. And I have more articles that hopefully I can make much more solid cornerstone pieces of a content. And again, Google is giving us that confirmation that that timestamp is helpful. Next, I want to talk about my post this week on roshsillers.com, and the question is, do you need to use manual mode to be considered a professional photographer? Now, this isn't marketing, but it is kind of in the business realm, and I have a video on the rosh.photography. You go rosh.photography, that takes you to the YouTube channel where I share business and marketing tips over there. And the, today's video is about this topic, and I have a whole blog post on it at roschillers.com. also. I do get into what is manual mode and program and shutter and aperture priorities, and maybe I shouldn't have gotten into that so much in this video, but that doesn't matter. I, I want to talk about the bottom line because I think it fits in general in a lot of areas as it relates to many of us are trying to improve our professional photography skills and kind of have some of these questions in the back of our mind. Do we have to use manual? Do we have to shoot raw? Do we have to have a big lens? I mean, there are all these questions that kind of get into our head. And the fact is, the value of the photograph that you create has nothing to do with the mode that you use on your camera. It has nothing to do if you use raw or not, and it has nothing to do with the size of your lens. However, there are quality issues here, and so I recommend them if you're a professional, because if you're using manual, for example, you have more control over your camera. You're hired to create a specific look and style, and when you're on program modes, you're just getting an average exposure. Now, if you're shooting an event or something like that, then maybe that's fine. But when you're going for a specific look, you need more control to know what is going to be exposed at a certain point or overexposed or underexposed within that frame. And having that control can be really helpful. And the same with raw, there are good reasons to have raw, there are good reasons to have long lenses. There are good reasons to have all of these things. And I may do some videos, depending on how this video goes, about you know, do you need to shoot raw to be a professional? Do you need a you know, 2.8 lens to be a professional? Things like that. If it goes over well, I may expand that series a little bit. But the bottom line will always be the same. The value of your image is not dependent on that, as long as you are creating the images that your client wants or your vision that you promised the client. Again, though, those raw, manual, quality of lens, and many other things do help when developing your style. And when you have these tools available to you, quite often you can do a better job Hey, I want to thank everyone who has been checking out my new podcast over at thetubeblog.com. Those of you who are interested in YouTube, I have a podcast where I'm bringing in some really nice guests related to growing your YouTube channel. And this week's show, I have Owen Video, but I also have other folks who are really helping creators out. On YouTube. So if you're interested in using YouTube as part of your social media solar system, as part of growing your photography company, check out the Tube Labs podcast. I'll talk to you next week.